Welcome to the Mormon Marriages Podcast. I am Angeline Bagley. And I am Nate Bagley. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe that the most important thing in life is your family, and the backbone of your family is your marriage. So on this podcast, we talk with couples from the church who provide amazing insights into what it takes to create a marriage that will make you look forward to eternity. It would mean a lot to us if you subscribe to the show, uh, review it on iTunes, and reach out to us if you have any questions, suggestions, or ideas to make it even better. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. Don't sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> Was that not enthusiastic? Welcome, everybody. Welcome, to everybody, <laughs> to another episode of the podcast. We're so glad you're here. Was that better? <laughs> um, today, we're going to do something a little bit different, which I'm actually really excited about. We had a listener reach out to us um, asking for advice on something that was going on in her relationship. Nate just spilled water all over himself. <laughs> it is all over his pants. It looks like I peed my pants. <laughs> so I'm going to sit here and do this entire show in pee-pee pants. <laughs> Anyways. You don't we, have to edit that out, honey. You can leave it in. Okay, fine. <clears throat> we, um, we had a listener reach out to us, and it got us thinking that we thought it would be a fun idea to take questions from listeners, and then have episodes dedicated to answering those questions and giving advice. So this is one of those episodes. This is the first, the first, the first of, of, many. The, of these episodes. So um, that being said, if you have a question, please reach out to us and we will let you know how at the end of this episode. But Nate, go ahead and read us the question. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing here because I want to, I want this lovely human being to remain anonymous. She's in a relationship with this guy. And he is an awesome guy. He treats her really well. She loves him a lot. He's all around a pretty stellar dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem is, is that she loves this guy a lot, but she seems to be getting really frustrated with him a lot. She loses her temper a lot. Um, she says, I seem to get upset over everything. He isn't very detail-oriented, and I am. He forgets a lot of things, even important things, and I don't know if I'm just being nitpicky or what, but it seems like the smallest things just upset me. Uh, so she, that's one of the things she talks about. So like he, he forgets things like paying the bills mm-hmm. or she'll tell him something and then um, he'll forget that she told him and he'll come back and have the same question again. And she just gets like annoyed having to tell him the same thing over and over and over again. Or like she'll make a change to like to the budget mm-hmm. and <clears throat> she has it all worked out and then he'll see the change and he'll get upset and she'll be like, no, I told you about this. Like I, I changed this mm-hmm. and th- the budget's fine. We're going to be fine. Um, and she just kind of gets frustrated that he keeps forgetting these things. So she's like, am I just being overly nitpicky? What can you, what advice do you have for me to help me be a little bit more compassionate and understanding towards my partner? Um, the first thing I want to say to this <clears throat> individual is, I love the way that she framed her question. I feel like we get a lot of people asking questions about how how they can change their partner, how their partner is doing things wrong, and they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. But she came to it as she's experienced this problem. How can she be better? Right. It's not, what can I do to change my, my husband? It's how can I be better? Right. And I thought that was so... That was like... 
one step in the right direction already. Exactly. To just recognize that the only person that she can control in this situation is herself. And that is the perfect frame of mind to be in. I Definitely. thought that was fantastic. Yeah, there are some... like. John Gottman says the re- his research shows that 69% of conflict within a marriage is unresolvable conflict. Now, unresolvable conflict is um, these are the problems that we bump into that are like clash of values, clash of personality, clash of like who we are as people. And these are problems that don't get solved. They get managed. And so <clears throat> in this case, uh, w- with this listener, we should call her Betty. Can we call her Betty? Do we have to call her a name? I don't know. It just <laughs> helps for me to have a okay. have somebody sure. to talk to. Betty it is. So Betty, um my advice well, like the first thing that I want to sh- I would encourage you to think of is that this isn't a problem that's just gonna get solved. Mm-hmm. Like your your husband is probably not gonna just wake up one morning and be like, I remember everything now. <laughs> my memory is crystal clear. I have perfect recall. Like that's just not gonna happen. He's probably always gonna be forgetful and a little a little doofy like that. And you can that can either be something that's endearing about him or it can be something that drives you absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna try and give you a couple of pointers in this episode of how to make this a little bit more endearing and a little bit less drive you crazy and maybe help you be a little bit more patient with it. Right. The other thing I wanted to say is congratulations on being human. Um, this, this issue does not make you abnormal. It does not make you any less than these are the kinds of problems that we all face. All of us. Every single one of us. In fact, Nate and I have, this is perfect because Nate and I had a little argument this morning that I think goes along very well with this, with this problem. Please share. I will. (laughs) So, um, normally it's me doing the oversharing. One thing that this listener also mentioned to us is that they are in a very stressful stressful um time of life time of life right now which we are kind of in the same boat we have a lot going on right now and both of us are really stressed and this morning we just were a little short with each other and a little unkind and a little less patient than we normally would have been if we weren't so stressed and so I think it's a lot easier to to treat your partner less than what you would like to treat them when you're feeling overwhelmed like this. And one of the things that I love is comes from Lara Doyle. She has a book called The Surrendered Wife. And I know that some women may bristle at the title of that book, but it's not nearly anything that you're thinking about. It's not not about being a submissive wife. It's not about surrendering to your husband. It's about surrendering control. It's about surrendering unnecessary control. That's the whole idea of it. And one thing that she talks about is making sure that your tank is full in order to treat your partner the way that you want to treat them. First, you have to make sure your tank is full because... If your partner's car is out of gas and you're supposed to siphon some from your own car to give to them, but your own tank is empty, then you're not going to be able to help them at all. You're not going to be able to treat them the way you want to treat them. You have to make sure your tank is full. Good analogy, honey. And so, thanks. Um, One thing she recommends is making two lists. The first list 
consists of things that you absolutely love doing, things that just fill you with joy. That can be things like a pedicure or taking a bath or um, going for a walk or taking a nap or doing your hair nice or, you know, just things that journaling, reading a book, things that bring you pleasure. Make a list of all those things and you can, and you can add to that list as time goes on. The second list is things that you don't necessarily like doing, but make you feel so much better after you do it. Like going for a run. Sometimes it, it, you drag your feet having to go outside and go for a run. But as soon as you're back, it's like, Oh, I'm so glad I did that. Doing the dishes, folding the laundry, folding the laundry, you know, Maybe those aren't great examples, but But think things that just like, oh, you hate doing, but once they're done, you feel so fulfilled and you feel so much better. For me, one of those things is writing in my journal. I love looking back and reading my journal, but sitting down and opening up and writing in it is like pulling my teeth. I have a really hard time doing that, but once I do it, I feel so much better. So... Make a list of all the things that you don't necessarily love doing, but make you feel so good after you do them. And the idea behind these two lists is that every single day, you need to do at least three things off of these lists. It can be a mixture of the two. Actually, preferably, it's a mixture of the two, but it can be one or the other, three of one, two of one. Um, Just make sure you're doing three things on this list every single day that help you fill your own tank. Definitely. And when you're planning your week, like make sure that you plan your stuff before you plan anything else. Mm -hmm. Like put your you time on your calendar before you put on like date night or before you schedule like when you're going to prepare your Sunday school lesson or when you're going to go hang out with your friends or when you're going to do all those extracurricular things that you have to take care of. Um, just throughout the day, like make sure that every single day there's something on your calendar first and foremost, that is about you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Another analogy for that is to put your own oxygen mask on before you help anybody else. Like it says on the airplanes. Yeah. We hear that advice a lot, don't we? Right. If you, if you try and help somebody else with their oxygen mask first, you might pass out before you're able to put your own on. So take our, Number one advice is to take care of yourself first. And you'll see see a bigger difference in your ability to be proactive about the way that you react to a situation instead of being reactive. Right. So I think that's important. That's a really good answer. Um, The other thing to watch out for is HALT. Mm -hmm. H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, tired, or lonely. When you're feeling any of those, in your, when you're in, in that situation where you're feeling hungry, angry, tired, lonely, you're typically going to be a little bit more irritable. So make sure if you have difficult conversations like a budget conversation, make sure that you're having that conversation when you're well-rested, when you're well-fed, like when you're, when you're not super stressed out and overwhelmed because if you have those conversations while, while you are any one or combination of those things, man, it's... It's not probably not going to go so well. Mm-hmm. So um, eat food, fill your belly, give yourselves a hug, take some deep <laughs> breaths, 
you know, don't do it at like 1030 at night, right before you go to bed, you know, try and do it a little bit earlier in the day and make sure that you tackle those stressful, that you're a little bit more prepared for those stressful situations. Right. Going back to our situation this morning where we were less than happy with each other. Um, we, we took a good half hour, 45 minutes before we came back and talked about it. Yeah. Did your alarm just peep? (gasps) Dinner's ready. Let me pull it out of the oven really quick. Okay. So, uh, I had a couple of thoughts as well on things that might help her feel a little less nitpicky and maybe a little bit more compassionate towards her, her hubby or her partner. Um, one of the things that I, I talk about a lot and we might've talked about, talked about this on a past podcast. I can't ever keep it straight, but, um, the, when I was a kid, we used to play slug bug. Did you ever play slug bug with Uh your siblings? Yep. Um, some people call it punch buggy. And the idea is that you're sitting next to your sibling in the car and you watch for Volkswagen bugs, the old, the old vintage, like seventies car. And whenever you see one, you get to punch your brother or your sister in the arm as hard as you can until they tell you what car or what color the car is. So it's like slug bug, what color? And then you punch them and they have to go blue. No, green. No, yellow. No, white. Yes. Okay. And then you stop. (laughs) Anyway, the crazy thing is, is that like, I never used to see those Volkswagen bugs on the road until I started playing this game. And then they were everywhere and I was constantly getting punched in the arm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like... um, that can be kind of an analogy for life. The thing that you look for is the thing that you see. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in a situation where you feel like you're constantly nagging your partner, you're constantly getting frustrated and exacerbated with them dropping the ball or whatever, then maybe one of the things that you need to do is um, start focusing a little bit harder intentionally because the easy, the easy path, like getting frustrated is easy. It's always easy to see somebody's flaws. It's it's easy to see when they let you down and recognize that and acknowledge it. But sometimes it's really, it takes a a conscious decision to focus on the things that they're doing for you. You know, the little sweet things that make your life better and the things that make you happy and the things that contribute to you just living a, a pleasant life. And, um, that's one of the, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to start to, to, be cognizant of what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be a little bit deficient in your gratitude practice. So maybe what you need to do is start asking or telling your partner every day, here's three things that I love about you. Here's three things that I noticed about you today that I think are really extraordinary and wonderful. And I'm just so glad that I'm with you because of these three things. And when you start focusing on his strengths and his virtues and the, the good things that he brings to your life, the bad things, you won't have time to focus on them. And yes, there's going to be moments where he frustrates you and there's going to be moments where he drops the ball and inconveniences you. But if your focus is on the good, then those things will just not be, they're not going to be a blip on your radar. You'd be like, oh, he forgot to pay the gas bill again. Well, you know what? He does a lot of other really great things around for, for me that I'm really, really grateful for. And maybe this is just one of those things that I can just do and I'll take care of the gas bill and it will be my way of helping him in return for all of the things that he does to help me. Mm-hmm. That's that. a little team effort there. Uh, I think gratitude is uh, is a superpower that cannot be understated. The more we practice gratitude, the the happier we are inside of our relationship. We talk about um, you and I call each other a pickle sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there was a study done, and maybe we can link to this. Um, but there was a study done. Uh, it was a longitudinal study, thousands and thousands of couples, and they wanted to assess what the most 
what what qualities in a couple made the made a relationship most fulfilling and they came up with three specific qualities that the happiest couples constantly talked about having and the first two were um super straightforward there was the pickle as you spell it p-i-c-l and the C is commitment and the L is love. <clears throat> so those two things are present in those couples. But the PI stands for positive illusions. Mm-hmm. And positive mm-hmm. illusions are kind of the the rose-colored glasses that people have. And people who have positive, positive illusions in their relationship say things like, man, we are so lucky. We just have the best marriage in the world. Like, I can't imagine anybody who has a better marriage than us. I sure... W- I'll bet everybody else is just jealous of our relationship (laughs) because we have it so freaking good. I can't believe how lucky I am to have an amazing wife like you. You're so wonderful. Man, I just got so lucky. And as couples kind of buy into this uh, kind of almost a better than everybody else mentality, they have these illusions of positivity that their life is better than everybody else. When you buy into that, when you really believe it, man, it's, it's pretty helpful. And so, but in order to have that, you have to make a conscious effort to focus on what's good in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really interesting to me that the happiest couples, if you really think about it, the happiest couples that you know, believe they've got it better than anybody else. And in, in very large part, it's because they've convinced themselves to believe that, that, I don't want to call it a lie, but believe that version of the truth. Their reality. Yeah, they, they've made that their reality. That's the filter that they're filtering their relationship for. Yeah, and if we want to get spiritual about it, they've created that reality for themselves. Like one of my favorite tenets in in our theology is that we are children of God and we have the power to become like him. And if you go into scripture, the very first way that God introduces himself to us is not as a father, but as a creator. You know, Genesis 1, 1, he creates the universe. He creates the world. And he, that whole first, the whole book of Genesis is about him creating the world and the first people that ever walked the earth and how they're his creations. And, and as his children, we have the ability to create a life and a marriage and relationships that we want. And, um, we start that the same way that God starts it. And it's by speaking it. So if you want to create the most amazing husband in the world, the most amazing wife in the world, or the ma- most amazing marriage in the world, it starts by the words that you use to define what your marriage is, and then you live those words. You speak what you want, and then you live up to what you want. So if what you want is the best marriage in the world, man, start claiming it. We have mm-hmm. the We have the best marriage in the world and you are the best wife in the world and i believe it that reminds me of a quote that i found the other day um oh here it is it's by it's by prophet um nelson prophet nelson president (laughs) president nelson (laughs) well prophet russell m nelson didn't you ever say like prophet thomas s monson no am i the only one okay president russell m nelson he said (laughs) you're adorable i love you (laughs) he said as grateful partners look for the good in each other and sincerely pay compliments to one another wives and husbands will strive to become the persons described in those compliments definitely i love that because it's it's like you're saying you, you get what you look for and in another conference talk i can't remember who it was at the moment but he 
was telling the story of a wife who had a list of all the things that she that she hated about her husband, all the things that bothered her, and she had it on her phone. And um, she realized that because she was looking for all those negative things, that's that's exactly what she was finding. Yeah. And it took her a lot to finally delete that list, but she finally deleted it and started looking for the good in him and paying him those compliments. And he started turning into that spouse that she had always wanted. And she was finding these qualities that were there all along. She just hadn't noticed it because she'd been filtering those out. Yeah. So I, I love that quote by, by president Nelson. If, if you want your husband to do something or your wife to do something, start recognizing when she or he does things that illustrate that. If that makes sense. If you really want, if you really want your spouse to be more patient, start, start recognizing moments where they demonstrate patience and compliment them on that say, wow, I really love the way that you talked to the kids today. I know that, I know that they were really pushing your buttons, but you were so patient with them. And I know when I, when you notice those things about me, it makes me want to do them even more. And so like he said, we start like becoming... Like how awesome those... you've been this month with your workout routine. Right. It makes me want to do it even more because it's... I mean, we shouldn't have to have validation from other people, but it sure helps. You should be your partner's biggest cheerleader, not their biggest critic. Right. Exactly. And when you are their biggest cheerleader, you're going to get them to do more of the... Like the best way to get your partner to do something is to encourage the the effort that mm-hmm. leads to that behavior. Exactly. And it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, if you want your if you want your partner to be your hero, man, treat them as if they are. Oh man. One of my the saddest things to me is when I hear people say, "Why would I tell my husband thank you for putting the kids to bed? They're his kids too." Or, "Why would I say thank you to my husband for taking out the trash?" It's, it's his trash. His trash. Why would I tell my wife, thank you for making dinner? That's her job. Oh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And it's so sad to me because why not give your partner gratitude for the things that they do? If you want more of it, tell them how much you love it. It's like you were telling me a story about your friend who went on a girl's, a girl's weekend and she was on the phone with her husband and she was like, honey, I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you took the kid so that we can come and be together as friends. And I just, I'm so grateful that you made this weekend possible. And I just, I just really love you. Thank you so much. And when she hung up the phone, her friends were like, don't you think that's overkill? You know why? Like (laughs) he should give you a weekend to yourself. Look at all the things that you do for him. You deserve it. You deserve it. And she was like, man, if I want him to continue to do these things for me, I need to show him how much it means to me when he does. And I, I love that. If you, if you want your spouse to, to behave in a certain way, then man, lay it on thick when they do. Don't be, don't be stingy with your gratitude and don't be stingy with your compliments. Yeah. We tend to be stingy with our gratitude and compliments and generous with our criticism. Mm -hmm. And maybe we could flip that around a little bit. That's definitely something that we could work on. Yeah. We could definitely work on that ourselves too. I, I have one last This kind of falls into the vein of what we're talking about. Okay. What if, and just follow me here. 
what if it was possible to give your partner a value? Hmm. Like what if it was possible to create that in them without them even knowing it? Tell me more. I'm curious. Like what if your partner um, is like, what if your partner is a little forgetful, but you just create in them the value of remembering things, of being thoughtful. How? You just, you claim it. I think it's the same way. I would love to see if some, maybe this particular listener try this, but anybody try this. If there's something that bothers you about your partner, maybe they're a little forgetful. Maybe they run late often. Maybe they're, um, maybe they're a little flaky. Maybe they're a little rude. And what you would like to see in them is if they were a little kinder or a little more punctual or a little bit more remembery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like what if you just created them in your mind that way and then you spoke to them that way? Like you're on time. Like you're good at being on time. You're awesome at remembering things. You'll remember this. I know you'll remember this. Like you're not a forgetful person. You're a thoughtful person. You remember things that are important to me and this is important to me. So I'm confident that you won't forget it or you're a kind person. And yeah, sometimes you might behave rudely, but that doesn't mean you're you're, a rude person, but you're kind, you're Mm -hmm. a kind person. And you start saying that to them. You're kind. I appreciate how kind you are. I love how kind you are. And you acknowledge them. I see your kindness. You're such a kind person. I think that if you did that, that you could create that value in them without them even knowing it. Wow. That's profound. I, I, I've i seen it happen. That's really cool. I know it sounds a little esoteric or maybe a little woo-woo, but... <laughs> it's worth a try. But the way that you treat your partner impacts how they behave. Mm-hmm. The Probably the way you treat them more than anybody else affects how they show up and how they feel. Yeah. And if you just decide, my partner is going to not be forgetful anymore and my partner is going to be i don't know if it changes the way you see them or if it changes the way that they show up or both probably a little bit of both but something changes Mm -hmm. when you really get committed and you really believe that your partner is is not the way that you've always seen them and they're maybe a little bit different and they have that value that you wish they had more of when you really believe it i think uh i think something cool could happen that is really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Thanks. Um, it reminds me of an experience I had when I was a teenager. Um, maybe not to the extreme, but me and my dad always fought over the remote. Um, I would be watching a show and he'd want to watch his game or something. <laughs> And we'd constantly, constantly fight over the remote. And I think looking back, he was doing it because he loved to get a rise out of me. He didn't care. He didn't care. He just loved. He, lo- he, he just loved to, to tease. <clears throat> He's a big tease, yeah. and it's in it's in the most loving way. But he loves to tease. And I remember we just would constantly, constantly fight over the remote. And then one day I was watching my show, and he came in the room, and he picked up the remote and he changed the channel to his game. And my initial reaction would be, dad, why did you do that? And get all angry and upset at him. But this particular instant, I looked at him and was like, oh, did you want to watch your game? Okay. And I stood up and I walked out of the room. 
And he was like, that's it? Uh, he was uh, like, wait, what? And I was like, enjoy your game, dad. And I just walked down the stairs and left him to his game. And we never, ever fought over the remote ever again. Like, that changed everything. Huh. Just the way that I chose to respond to him. Uh-huh. I hated that he constantly stole the remote from me. But when I stopped caring that he stole the remote from me, it no longer it was no longer an issue. That's cool. It was more... And I... And I feel like it relates to your story in a very minor way, but I feel like that's an example of that. Just like changing the way you perceive a situation. I think it's perfect. You're the only one that can change the way you perceive a situation. And it's your choice how you perceive a situation. This is something I'm working on (laughs) so much right now. Are you? Are you? Yes. So this is a big weakness of mine. I tell myself stories. And I we, get so honey, worked up over these stories. I just want to, before you get too far into this story, mm-hmm. I want to just tell you that you're not the only one who does this. Every, I know I'm not everybody the only does one that this. does this. And that's why I want to share it yeah. because I, I feel like a lot of people will relate. But going again, going back to our argument this morning, I woke up telling myself stories and you're, you've been really busy working on your date night. Um, you've got, you're relaunching your your online courses. You have been working so, so, so hard. And I've been so grateful for that. But then I started telling myself that I wasn't a priority for you. And I started telling myself that the only reason you spend time with me is so that, so that you can hurry and get that out of the way so you can go do what, what you really want to do. And because I was telling myself those stories, I started treating you like that was true. And I started getting hurt when you would when you would choose to come work before you before we'd spend time together. Or like today, um, when we we were going to record this podcast earlier, and it's currently seven at night, and we were going to record it at like <laughs> eleven in the morning, and we sat here. And you were like, okay, you, you get it all set up. And so I was getting it set up, but I was doing it very slowly. I was reading articles. I was doing time, spending time on social media just because I thought he was busy and thought that he would appreciate more time to do his work. And then he was like, is it all ready? That's all he said. And I flipped out. Because in my brain, because I'd been telling myself all these stories and they were building and building and building and building that is it ready yet, honey was, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's not ready yet. Why have you not gotten it ready yet? I am so frustrated because I have all these things I need to do. And anyways, so I was getting upset at Nate for doing something that he'd done in my brain, not something that was actually reality. And that was a hard thing for me to accept. It took me a good hour, I think, before I realized that I had been telling myself stories. And those stories are your reality. They really are. What you tell yourself in your brain is your reality. I believed 100% that that's what you were thinking. And 
when I finally was able to cool down enough and actually think rational and we had a really great conversation and you were very loving and kind about it, I was able to realize that no, that was not your reality at all. And the way that I was perceiving you was actually very hurtful to you. And so... You can say more. What do you mean? Just give a little bit of detail. I feel like it's appropriate. Um, <clears throat> you, you said that you wanted to spend time with me and give me what I wanted because you love me and you appreciate me. Not because you think of me as a burden and you just want to get me out of the way. And you have been making a specific effort to try and go to the store and buy me my favorite drink because you know that you're going to be working late, but you want this to be a kind gesture so that you, so that I know that you're thinking about me or, um, you want to spend time cuddling together in bed when you could be getting out of bed and going to work because you just love being with me. And you love having that physical connection. And because of the stories that I was telling myself, I was not noticing those things. I was filtering those things out. Or you were noticing them, but you were feeling like there was a sense of obligation that I was giving them to you. If I buy this drink for her, she'll leave me alone. Right. (laughs) Which I think... When in reality, it's, you know what? I'll bet my I wife would really, really love you. I'll bet she would really love this drink. And so mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop on the way home and I'm going to get it for her and surprise her. Cause I just want to see her happy. Right. And I was robbing him, robbing you. I guess I'm talking straight at you. I was robbing you of the opportunity to love me and to cherish me. And to adore me, which is from your perspective, what you are doing, because you do love me and adore me and cherish me. And I wasn't allowing you to do that because of the stories I was telling myself. And again, when I was like slamming the cupboards and doing the dishes in there, because when I am angry, I clean so well and I cleaned the whole kitchen. Our kitchen is so clean In like now. 20 she minutes. angry cleaned. <laughs> but I was telling myself all these things like, how dare he like treat me this way and 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 meanwhile i'm in here going man i just wish my wife would see how much i loved her right but so my reason for sharing this is that your stories are your reality and you have got to be careful what stories you're telling yourself and you're responsible for them and you're responsible for the like that was another thing is that when we finally had a conversation after I'd cooled down a little bit, I wanted you to apologize, but you were very wise in saying, I cannot be responsible for the story that you're telling yourself. I, you owned that you'd snapped at me. Yeah. You owned that you were impatient with me. You owned everything that was yours to own, but you would not own the story I was telling myself. And I think that that was a very wise boundary to set. And honestly, it felt horrible <laughs> to realize that oh, everything that I was in for you so much. I, it was, it was bad. It was like watching when you realized, like when I said, <laughs> this is, 
when I said, I'm not going to, I told her, I was like, look, I think what you're thinking is going on is like 1% true and 99% the story that you're telling about, like that you're telling yourself. Uh-huh. And she's like, no, I don't think it's that much. And I'm like, I think it is. And then I kind of spelled out some things. And then you, your face just changed for a minute and you looked at me and then you just put your head on the table and just started crying. <laughs> and I came over and gave you a little kiss and a hug. And I said, do you need some time to yourself? And you're like, uh-huh. And for like an hour, I could tell you were just like trying to sort yourself out. Yeah. Because your reality had just been turned upside down. Like everything that you've believed for the last week that you've been frustrated about with me, you realized, oh, maybe I've been miserable for this whole last week and bitter and angry. For Be- no Because I've made myself. I've made myself this I way. was lying to myself. And I, I could have I could have been, and this is me tooting my own horn, but I could have been thinking things like, wow, I worked three days in a row and every single day my husband cooked dinner for me. Exactly. And even though he was busy, he found time to cook dinner and he got me ice cream and he went out and bought my favorite drink that one night and he took me on two dates this week. Right. And like, I'm, I'm not trying so to let like me, brag it and up. And let but me be clear. You owned the things that you did that were less than kind. Yeah. And, you, and I do. You I'm not perfect. Those. I'm not perfect. But and I appreciated that if, you owned them. If you had chosen to focus on those things, all those things that did happen that went well this week, as me, like if you had seen that as me loving you, and thought, "Wow, how lucky am I that I have a husband who loves mm-hmm. me as much as Nate loves me," you wouldn't have been as angry as you were right. today. It would have been. I would have been able to see those things that you had done that were less than ideal. As you know, he's just stressed. I know that wasn't coming from a place of. But look at all the other great things I have. Right. Yeah. Now the big question is, how do you change the stories in your head when you don't even realize that they're there? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> which we'll have is to a, say that's a whole other big, episode. I know, but i i have a, I have a thought about this. Great. Sure. Um, we listened to Allison Armstrong's celebrating partnership when we were engaged. And I would love to (laughs) listen to that again because there were so many amazing things that we learned that set up our relationship the right way. And I think that we've, we've come back to those lessons that we've learned so many times. And one of the lessons that I feel like applies to this situation is to always assume that your partner had good intentions for what they, for what they did. Right. Your, that your partner wasn't never misbehaving. Was never, there it is. Okay. If you just always have in your brain, my partner is never misbehaving. She may do something. That doesn't make that sense. That doesn't make sense. And you may get your feelings hurt and she may make a mistake or he may make a mistake. But if you say my partner is never misbehaving, then you automatically assume that there was a good reason for them doing what they were doing. I don't want I don't want this to seem like we're excusing bad behavior. bad behavior because we're not. This is what we started doing in our relationship. We started saying when something would happen and we'd get our feelings hurt, we would say I know you didn't, I know mean, you that. didn't mean that. Like if you snapped at me and said something <clears throat> out of impatience, I would say I know you didn't mean that. And that was my way of verbalizing I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt right now. That hurt me, but I know that you did not have malicious intentions when you said that. And that diffuses so many situations. It really does. 
your partner is not perfect. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do crap that hurts your feelings and they're going to forget to pay bills and they're going to be late and, you know, they're going to leave their dirty socks on the floor by the bed. Um, but just, just being able to say, honey, I know you didn't mean that. I know you weren't out to get me. Right. It's just a really... I know I've told you to pick up the socks a thousand times and you always leave them out, but I know that when you do leave them out, that you're not doing it consciously just to take me off. Exactly. Exactly. That is a way to help you change the stories that you tell yourself. I think that's a f- one step in the right direction. Because if you have told them over and over again, please pay the bill please pay the bill. And if they don't do it, it's easy to say they did that on purpose. They're out to get me. They don't love me. They don't care that it's important to me. But if you say, hmm, there's probably a good reason they didn't pay that bill. And it probably wasn't malicious. I think that's a way to change your paradigm to look at your spouse in a positive light. And again, that doesn't excuse bad behavior. All it does is just change the story that you tell yourself mm. around that bad behavior. And most of the time you'll realize that what you used to think was bad behavior really isn't bad behavior. You're a wise woman. Thank you. I'm really trying hard to word this. <laughs> you're wrestling. You're like wrestling I'm this out. I think wrestling this out. I think you got it. But I, I just feel like I'm it's amazed really that we got like an hour out of this one question. <laughs> so I feel like we just ran the gamut, but, um, Betty, Betty, thank you for your question. Thanks for your question. And um, I hope that of all the things that we shared today, one of them will help you soften your heart a little bit and maybe change the stories that are going on in your head and or maybe allow you to give the value of being thoughtful to your partner or that you can focus on the, all the great things that he does for you and find yourself snapping at him less, find yourself being a little more patient with him um, because we want you to be successful in your relationship. And that mm-hmm. means a lot to us. And that's why we do this is because we want to see people have awesome relationships. And thanks for giving us an opportunity to talk it through ourselves. Cause yeah. anytime we talk about this stuff, it, it's, it's a great reminder for our own relationship Definitely. and the things that we're working on in our own relationship. We don't claim to be perfect. No. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would uh, send us your own questions. If you want more of these, of right. just Angie and I talking to each other and sharing with you what's going on a little bit in our life and kind of our perspective on like real problems that we all face every single day and how that we can tackle them and be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just go to the Mormon marriages website and hit the contact button and just send us a little message through the website. Right. Or you can send us a message through Mormon marriages, Instagram. Yep. That's where um, we got this one. Yeah. Th- we got this through, through the, Instagram. Through the gram gram. Through the gram. Um, and yeah, please give us your feedback on, on this episode because this was the first of its kind and we would love to just continue to get better at this um, way of doing the podcast. So give us your feedback and yep. let us know what you think. And before we leave, um, I would love it. We would love it. If you're in the Salt Lake area, if you came to date night, We'd love to see you. It's February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. Talk to your partner. Tell him, I have awesome Valentine's Day plans. We don't have to plan anything except for dinner. (laughs) Just show up. 
We're going to have awesome desserts, awesome speakers. We're going to have a magician. We're going to give you'll be able to win maybe a possibly a trip to Disneyland. We'll have tons of prizes. It's just going to be a fun night with really cool people. And we'll give you a hug and we'll tell you thank you for coming. <laughs> and uh, it's in Sandy, Utah. So if you're in the area, it would be great to see you. And if you're not in the area, but you want us to come to you, uh, don't hesitate to just let us know because that's how we decide where we're going to go next. So we started in Salt Lake. We're going to do one in Provo in a couple months. We have plans to go down to Arizona a little bit later, probably around summertime, maybe early, late, early fall or late spring. And then there's the possibility of going to Seattle and Southern California as well this year. So um, yeah, let us just let me know. I'd love to bring a date night to you. So you can find tickets at utahdatenight.com. Oh, that's why I that's why I married you. So you can plug <laughs> all our stuff. Utahdatenight.com. Utahdatenight.com. All right guys, we love you. Love Thanks you. for listening. Bye.